You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Genesis chapter 39. We have been looking at, in the mornings particularly, at the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, walking in intimacy, being aware of who the Holy Spirit is, that the Holy Spirit is not just some force, some power of God. He is a very intimate part of the Godhead, the one that came and dwelt within you when you gave your life to Jesus. And, it, you know, it's very interesting that even in the, in the early church, they came across a group of people and said, do you know the Holy Spirit? And they said, well, we only know the, John, the, 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 Baptist, the baptism of John. And so they said, well, let us introduce you to the Holy Spirit. So they were born again and weren't even aware of the person of the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, today, 2,000 years later, a lot of the church still is not aware of how important the Holy Spirit is, that He so much wants to manifest in your life. Not just quietly live in the corner while you go about your daily life. No, He wants to walk intimately with you, in fellowship with you. And when you look through the Word of God, right from Genesis chapter 1, we see the power of the Holy Spirit at work. Every time you see power, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Whenever the Holy Spirit shows up, there's going to be a demonstration of power. And so we want to see that power in our lives. We want to experience that power of God in every way. And so... Uh, as we recognize that power manifesting, we'll see all the way through the Bible. If you look at the Old Covenant, every time you see a miracle, every time you see the Red Sea open and manna and, 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 and great demonstrations of, of the glory of God, manifestations of the glory, because that's what glory is. It's the manifestation of God's character. It's the manifestation of His ability. You see, God is the healing God, that's his name. His very name decrees that he is Jehovah Raphael, the God that heals. If he's the healing God, then you get into his presence, health will be there. Come on. If you jump into a pool of water, you can't help but be wet. So if he is the healing God, that's his very nature. Then you know that when he shows up, you will see healing. If he is Jehovah Jireh, when he shows up, there's going to be provision. You're never going to lack in the presence of God. You're getting a hold of what I'm saying. So when you see these great massive acts that are demonstrated all the way through the Bible, that is the move of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. That during that duration, the Holy Spirit could not enter into a person. He worked from the outside. He came on a person in order to bring to pass what God wanted to do. But he couldn't stay on that person. It, it would burn that person out because their body could not contain his presence. That's why often you'll see when the Holy Spirit showed up in glory, that's that glory, that manifestation of his character, the manifestation of who he is. Then what would happen, like the priests, they would fall on the ground. They couldn't continue ministering because their body couldn't contain it. But praise God, you born again. 
and you were cleansed of all sin, made a righteous temple that the Holy Spirit could move into and not kill you. You are carrying the very person that created an entire universe with inside you. Isn't that amazing? The whole of the Holy Spirit is not just like there's this enormous God and you happen to have his little finger part inside you. And that person's got his toe in him, you know. And that, no, the whole Holy Spirit can inhabit an entire person and yet inhabit another entire person at the same time. Why? Because there's no time or space with God. See, I can only stand here now, but then if I move, tick-tock, tick-tock, time carried on, and then I'm over here. I'm not there anymore, but God can be here and here. Because He's not limited by time. He's not limited by space. So when I go home tonight, He's with me. But when you go home, He's also with you. See how infinite God is. And so I want us to be aware of that because... When Jesus said that when he goes, you will do the same works he did and greater. And the way he did the greater works was through the power that's in us. It's through the power that was in him. And that power is emanating out of the person of the Holy Spirit. He walked very intimately and very closely with the Holy Spirit. And you can do the same thing. And so when you look at the Old Covenant, you see under Genesis chapter 39... We had a look at this in detail last week. I'm just going to read it now. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. The and is a conjunction. means that they, they join. Those two thoughts are joined. If God's with you, you are successful. I'm going to let that simmer a little bit. I just, that moved in my spirit, as I said. How many you sense the same thing? You cannot be a failure with God. Hello. If God's with you, you're going to succeed. What are you saying? All the people that are failing, they don't know God. No, I'm not saying that. If someone can be born again and go to heaven and still fail. But I'm saying you don't have to. I'm saying you don't have to. Because if you get close to the Holy Spirit, He's going to teach you how to prosper. Doesn't he say that? He'll teach you to make wealth. He'll teach you to prosper. That's the word of God. He will teach you all things. So if you know everything, then it's impossible to fail. Some people are digging their heels in. Listen to me. You need to hear me. In this house, we believe that God is able to do all things. And not only that, he does it in me. I can do all things. And with God, all things are possible. And so, I've said it again and again. This may be for someone who's new. Maybe that's what it is. Is because sometimes when you hear things for the first time, we got such heavy religious upbringing. And when we hear something for the first time, we go, mm, I don't know if I can accept that. But we need to renew our minds to the word of God. If someone's struggling and someone's battling, it's not because they necessarily are the problem. Someone can be born into a poor environment. That's not that person's fault. 
Someone can be born into a situation and obviously we take on the nature that's around us. Come on. You, you pick up the nature of whatever's around you. And so if you have that nature around you, then what will happen is it'll, guide, it'll cause you to think a certain way, all of us. But when I discover the Word of God, the truth of God's Word, I renew my mind to the truth. I do not have to be trapped in the old mindset and it may take a while to get out of it, but here's the thing, I'm on my way out. I'm not staying in that environment. I'm choosing to leave it. And because God teaches me all things, He can teach me to prosper and to succeed. And God gave you the way out. Amen. So we are today a product of the way we think. We're a product of what we've been doing. Uh, we know that even in the natural, when a farmer gets a harvest, we don't say, yo, you're lucky, eh? No, he planted that seed. He looks at it and says, no, I put that seed in last month. It's got nothing to do with luck. I farmed this land all year. I worked the soil. I fed the soil. I, I watered it. No luck involved. We have to renew our minds to this. Sowing and reaping is a law. I said, sowing and reaping is a law. It's not a promise. It's not like God decides if he's going to prosper you, but not prosper this one. You work the law, it works for you. Even an unsaved person can work a law and still make it happen. And the laws work every time. Every time. I promise you. You got an object, pen, Bible, book, something, hold it in your hand. Preferably not your phone. <laughs> Hold it up in the air. Let it go. Now, who's went up? Anybody? Not one? Who's hovered? Okay. Who's went down? Let me see. Everyone? Everyone? Okay, that was lucky. Wow, that, that was a coincidence. Do you think if we did it again, we'll get a different result? Or do you think we'll get the same result? Why? There's a law governing it. There's a law governing it. And you can use that law to fly airplanes. You can use the laws to drive your car, to do everything you do in life. Everything you do is governed by these laws, including... The glory of God showing up. If you do this, you will have that. Look at all the promises. If you do this, this will happen. If you do that, that will happen. Lay hands on the sick, they will recover. It's a law. And usually when it doesn't happen, it's because we do something to violate it. Are you with me? If I said drop the pen and you threw it up, you disobeyed. So your pen went up. But you notice at the end of the day, the law took over and it came down anyway. We can do things to violate God's word and it will cause destruction in our life. But family God, you take the law of God and put it into action the way he designed it. It'll work for you every time. If you bring his tithe faithfully to the house, the windows are open and the blessing is at work in your life. And you will see God moving powerfully. 
and God's not mocked. You sow a seed, you will see the harvest in every area of your life. You begin to declare the word according to his leading, his guidance, his direction, the way he decreed for it to be. Those words will manifest what he intended for your life. You don't have to wonder if it's going to work. That's why when you look at the wording of the kingdom of God, you don't hear Jesus talking about miracles. We, we call them miracles. We go, wow, wow, look at that. That's a miracle. Why are we doing that? Because it's suspended time. Time was suspended. Time was shortened. Something happened that defied the laws of gravity. And our natural mind can't conceive that. So we call it a miracle. But a person who's kingdom minded steps over into the kingdom and Jesus says, the works that I do, you will do also. The works that I do. He didn't say the miracles, the works. So when he healed a blind eye, that was the work. Jesus fully expected. He didn't lay hands, well, let's see what God will do. Lay hands, wow, look at that. You can see now, wow, miracle. No, Jesus fully expected it. I said he fully expected it. Why? Because the kingdom knows time is a created entity. And when you come over into the kingdom, you dominate time. You tell time what to do. What we had to wait 10 years for, uh-uh, don't have 10 years to wait. I need it now. I need it this week, and I'm calling it in this week. I, don't, I cannot wait another 10 years. I'm calling it now. And time will obey you if you believe that. If you understand the way of the kingdom. And that's what I want to inspire you to so that you can get an understanding of how the kingdom works so that you can see it manifesting in your life. That's where you're going to see signs and wonders. That's where you're going to see the miracles. That's when you're going to see the changes taking place that you're looking for. Hallelujah. And so these things are designed to work. God's designed them to work that way. And he's teaching us these principles so that you can understand them. And so notice this, when the Lord's with Joseph, he was a successful man. God's with you. I said, God's with you. I said, God is with you. Therefore, you are successful. Say it. I'm, I'm successful. No, I want you to believe it. Stop letting the devil lie to you. You are successful. Hey Amen. I don't care if man overlooks you. I don't care if your boss never sees you. Oh, my boss always gives the other people promotions. Well, you keep saying it. Change the way you speak. All of us. I'm speaking to me too. When I say you, I mean you, you. I mean you, me, me, you, us all. But start walking around like you believe God is with you. And he's successful. Look at verse 3. His master saw the Lord was with him. He saw it. And the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. All he did prospered. When you put your hand to something, it will work. And so Joseph found favor in his sight. Everybody say favor. favor. All that he had, he put under his authority. All that he had, he put under his authority. 
See, this is something we can renew our mind to. You do not have to own the house to be blessed by it. If you just learn, God, God will take you to another place. And it's like when, you know, you know if, if I do need a jet plane for my ministry, I don't at this time. My schedule doesn't need it. And that's, you know, some people say, oh, you know, a lot of preachers have got planes. Why don't you have one? I don't fly that often. But when I do fly, I have my own jet. But I've got like 300 other people helping me pay for the fuel. See, when I step onto it, it becomes mine. That's why my plane never goes down. My plane's always safe. Amen. When I step in, that pilot's working for me. He may have been working for whoever.com. And when I get in, it's now this. I, ask my family. We always do it. Whenever we get in, I lay my hands on it. I say, I call this plane into the commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's now serving the kingdom of God. I call all this crew blessed. They are now serving Jesus. They are carrying anointed packages to their destination. You see, I don't. And so I get blessed. You understand what I'm saying? And so everything was under Joseph's hand. He, the, Potiphar ne, never even checked on him to see. Potiphar said he didn't know about anything except the food that was in front of him. And look at verse 5. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing was on all that he had. You see, Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, remember the King James Version? It makes you rich. And he adds no, no sorrow with it. Remember the NIV says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Toil's been removed from your life. I said toil's been removed from your life. Sometimes people read a scripture like this and say, oh, well, then I don't have to work. Uh-uh, uh-uh, hang on. Adam had to still work. He had to tend the garden, remember? But with a curse came toil, the sweat, and the, and the struggle. But the sweat and struggle has been removed. So what is work for? Work, number one, manifests seed. Work that you have something to give. That's what it says in Ephesians. Number two, it manifests your gift. It manifests your gift. You're able to develop your gift to bless others. You're not working for a salary. This will help someone. If you don't like what your boss is paying you, just separate your work from your pay. So if my, pay, my boss is not paying me what I'm worth, then I'm going to call what he gives me at the end of the month seed. But I'm working for the Lord. And God, you're not marked. A workman's worthy of his wage. And God will pay me. He will get to me what I'm supposed to have. And if you see that, then you will be in the place God wants you to be. Instead of some people are working because they think they've got to get their money. I'm working for my money. But you do that. Then that's where people get offended and upset and they don't get the promotion they expect. And when the increases came, I could have had bigger increase than that. Forget all of that. Just trust God. Father, you know what I'm worth. You will make sure I get everything you want in my life. It's on its way. Amen. And I have people paying me all the time. You do too. You should have said a bigger amen there. Amen. 
Because the life that I live, no salary can support it. Because I'm living a kingdom life. I I, I keep, uh, when I say it's you too. Amen. And so trust God. You watch how God will look after you. He did exactly that in Joseph's life. Everything he saw that God blessed Joseph for the Lord's sake. The blessing was on all that he had. Now the blessing, it makes you rich. But without the painful toil. Amen. Say, my days of toiling are over. Mm-hmm. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 13. Remember we said that eyes not seen, nor ear heard, and God's prepared great things for you, and you can't learn these things from man, but God has taught you. He sent the Holy Spirit to teach you. Remember verse 13, these things we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches concerning spiritual things, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So this morning we learned about the spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is for you wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Remember Daniel chapter 5, verse 11? Well, let's read verse 12. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit was found in Daniel, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel. Everybody say, excellent spirit. So the Holy Spirit is your wisdom. He is the excellent spirit. Now, this was on unsaved people, as I said. Now, remember Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 says, Now, he has obtained a more excellent ministry. This is Jesus. A more excellent ministry than the old covenant. And he says here, We, he is established as a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. If you've ever looked at an old covenant miracle and thought, I wish we could see that today, you have better promises on a better covenant. Our covenant is sealed in the blood of Jesus. And there's a more excellent ministry than even Daniel had. Everybody lift your hand and say, I have an excellent spirit within me. So I encourage you to to nurture that excellence. Don't be sloppy and do half jobs. If the boss says do something, you're on your way for promotion. God sees. You know, sometimes people are asked to do something and they say, well, no one's paying me to do that. That's why you're still stuck at that salary. Because you only want to do what you paid for. And that means when the end of the month comes, you will get paid for what you did. If you want your pay to exceed what you do, it's time to go even beyond what people are expecting of you. Finish your projects. Be on time. Don't lie on the tax return. (sighs) Stop smoking that, 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 that weed and stuff. No, that's not for anyone. Yeah, this is for the one that gets the, the CD later. This is for your friend that you want to get. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We do things that waste time, waste money, waste effort. 
Get focused. Focused on the kingdom. Focused on what God's called you to do. Get an excellent spirit within you. Get up early. Plan your day. Get ready for excellence. Do things in an excellent way. And watch what God does and comes through. I don't care if no one sees you do it. God's watching and He will make sure that you are looked after. And He will make sure you are promoted. Everybody say an excellent spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You hear what Paul's saying? When you look at my life, you know I couldn't do this in my own ability. If all we do is go in, clock in, do the bare minimum, clock out, we did what everybody else in the world does, why would we see signs and wonders happening? But if you walking in that spirit of excellence, trusting God to do miraculous things, there are things that are going to happen in your life, and it's even going to shock you, but you're going to be ready for it. It's going to shock you, but you're going to act like, no, I expected that, hallelujah, and just say, well, that's how it happens to me all the time. That happens to me all the time. And what happen? others will see it and say, how did you do that? that? That seems impossible. How did that ever happen to you? You say, well, that's got to do with fog. What? The favor of God. Amen. And when others see it, they will want to be a part of that. So you don't have to try and, and convince people. That's why I don't get into big debates. I don't have to prove the word. I, I just don't see it that way. Okay, just watch. I don't think it's that important what you say. Okay. But I'm going to make sure that what I say is right and accurate. Why? Because that's what works in my life. Amen. You've heard me say it before. Someone said to me, Pastor Adam, this, this speaking stuff, it doesn't work for me. Really? What did you just say? It doesn't work for me. Oh, so it hasn't been working? No. Right. So what you just said now worked. Some of you are catching up. You'll get it now. So I don't need people to agree with the word. All I need to know is how to work it. Work the word. The word will work. Can I have that verse up on the Amplified? It's, it's not in my notes. I just want to read it to you from the Amplified. Listen to this. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 3 from the Amplified. Time is controlled by me. <laughs> Next verse. My language and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, a proof by the Spirit, a proof 
by the Spirit and power of God, operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. God wants to show off through you. Do you notice something about God? When he did things, they were huge. It's like stand back, watch this. When he wanted to sort Pharaoh out, he didn't just come show up. He could have showed up to him in a dream and spoken to him personally. No, he came up with huge, big signs and wonders. Get ready for some major things in your life. It is going to stir up holy emotions. People are going to be looking at your life and I got to see, I got to be part of this. I want to be part. I want to experience that in my life. You understand that? That's how I was saved. I mean, you know my testimony. I had, I was a skeptic of skeptics. I could hold a skeptic conference. I knew all arguments to try and, you know, anybody try to take me on with Christianity, I could debate you under the table. But when God moved in my wife, that he healed her, knowing the skeptic I was, knowing how, how I was against Christians and how blasphemous I was and angry, and yet God touched my wife and healed her where the doctor himself said, this is not medically possible. It stirred in me an emotion. And I said, I don't know what religion tried to sell me, but this God who loves me, I want to know him. That was my step into the kingdom of God. And family of God, that's what I'm talking about. Your life, a living demonstration of God's power. It's time. It's yours. I said it's yours. Come on, our campers are a little quiet at the moment. I said it's yours. Say, I live this way. Demonstration power. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 8. This is where Saul was chosen as a king. Listen to verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. and They said, no, we will have a king over us. And that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight in our battles. Now you notice uh, God would prefer to have ruled them through his judges and be he be the king of Israel. But they wanted a natural king. And so God, remember, he gives you the desire of your heart. And so he says, well, listen, you get a king, he's going to tax you. He's going to send your sons to war and, you know, all of that. And say, we don't care, we want a king. So God says, okay. And then I'm still going to do it my way. And so in chapter 9, verse 2, Kish had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. And from his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now you notice, this is a tall man, handsome. It's like my son Joshua. Stands head and shoulders above us. God says, I want that person. That's who I'm going to get. Now, now, you notice that everything described here is what people will look for. People have an idea of what they want. 
People decide who they want as a ruler, who they will answer to, who they will accept. But there's something that takes you beyond that. Look at chapter 10, verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Uh, remember they went out looking for his father's donkeys, and eventually they came to the man of God, Samuel. And Samuel took a flask of oil, and he poured it on his head. What's he doing? Anointing him. And he kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? God anointed this natural man. Come down to verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for God is with you. When God put the anointing on Saul, he became another man. Now he was operating in the power of God. And if he had stayed that way, he would have been a great king. And he was in the beginning a very great successful king. But the problem is it got to him. And he started thinking it was himself. He started seeing it as his ability. And he started to take control and started to do things because he wanted to do it. And he bypassed even his man of God. He decided, well, I'm so successful. I can make my own decisions. I can do the ministry. I can do this. I can do that. And we're going to be very cautious with that. Because when this anointing is in you and on you, you will be another man. You will be another woman. Outside, you may be the carpenter. But when you step into your ministry, blind eyes open, deaf ears hear, you walk on water. Do we not know you? Do we not know your brothers? Do we not know your sisters? Yes, but I am now another man. And people will look at you and say, aren't you the cleaner? Aren't you the bricklayer? Aren't you the, yes, but I'm a, Another man, aren't you the, the, the help? Aren't you the hired hand? I'm another woman. And that anointing's on you. And you can expect to see promotion. Now listen, I, I, any job, anything, there are jobs, there are many jobs that have to be done. And no job is less important than another if that job has to be done. And so, you know, even if somebody says, like I use the bricklayer, if God's called you to be a bricklayer, you can be a multi-millionaire bricklayer because you're not trusting. If that's what you want to do and that's what God's called you to do and that's what you want to keep doing and you don't see that as toil and that's something you want to live to do, do that, but trust God to still provide and get everything you need. You see that? We're talking a whole different lifestyle here. Come on. Are you ready to live that kind of life? Say anointed to be another man or another woman, whichever one you are. Choose wisely. See, family of God, it's not about how good you are or how clever you are. Listen to Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, 
nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. Time and chance happen to them all. Someone can be so skillful and become a millionaire, but with the wrong spirit, the wrong attitude, the wrong leading, lose it in a day and be destroyed. And someone who has absolutely no idea of how to run business can land up in part of his house and the spirit of wisdom and excellence takes over and the man says, it's all yours, just feed me. That's what we're talking about here. It's the spirit of excellence that is upon you. Amen. Listen to this. If you've ever thought that you're useless or you don't know why anyone should want to promote you or employ you, if anyone told you you're a loser, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23. We preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block. To the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Remember, Christ is the anointed one. So speaking of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is the wisdom of God. So one person can hear what I'm saying and get offended over it, while another person can be blessed. Same word. So in other words, you decide. You know, sometimes people will come to a meeting and say, I don't know, something was off today. You know, maybe it was the, the, the worship team. No. Uh, maybe it was, you know, uh, the, 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 the air conditioning. That had nothing to do with it. Pastor Allen seemed off his game today. No, that had, and that's, uh, that had absolutely nothing to do. It has to do with your heart. Your heart. Where are you? What am I ready to receive? Because if I'm ready to receive wisdom, I'll receive wisdom even if a donkey stood up to talk. But we've never had a donkey in this pulpit. And listen to this. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now listen to this. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren. Not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. God has chosen the foolish things of the world. To put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world. To put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world. The things which are despised, God chose. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him, you are in Christ Jesus. And He became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. You choose who you honor. 
And when you honor God, that glory will show up inside of you. How are you ready to receive that? Well, stand to your feet and give Him glory. Worship Him. Praise Him. I don't care if someone told you stupid, told you you're stupid. Say, praise God, that qualifies me. According to that scripture, you qualified me. You thought you were insulting me, you qualified me. Hallelujah. God has qualified you. This morning we saw He qualified you to be partakers of the inheritance. Amen. If you ever thought I'm stupid, just say, hang on, hang on, hang on. That qualifies me. Because I'm not relying on my wisdom. Sometimes you look at a man or woman of God after many years of ministry, misery, ministry, <laughs> many years of ministry, and we think, yo, they must be well educated. They must be clever. No, you didn't see at the beginning. But what happened is God chose to use whoever says yes. If he calls and you say yes, that qualifies you. Your yes qualifies you. I don't have time to get into it now, but I'm, I'm, now the Lord's leading me in a direction and I'm dipping my foot in it at this point. But it'll, it'll come out and probably through Come Celebrate but into the direction of kings and priests. Because for a long time we thought, oh, the only people that are anointed are the preachers. But you've been in this house long enough to know it's not just the preacher. And for a long time people found intimidated because, you know, God moves powerfully through Pastor Adam, but, you know, we just yet to... No, God's moving in your life. And you're going to see it manifesting more and more. He's taking His church to a whole new dimension. When Jesus came, he didn't deal with the political system. He dealt with the religious system. And after 2,000 years, the church has been trying to get back into religion. But not the church that listens to God. The one that hears God will understand that God is way beyond religion. He's way beyond just going to church and the temple and just going through religious ritual. No, he is ready to take his church to be an effective tool in the kingdom of God. And so tonight, there are people here that you know God needs you to be a different man, a different woman. So just raise your hands in his presence because that is what the anointing does. It transforms. It changes. And I need to qualify this as I always do. You still need to study whatever your field is. I encourage that's part of excellence is learning the natural things. If there's things that you require to do in the natural, study it out. Learn it. But trust God that He will ignite that and take you beyond that. Because whatever field you're in, we have not reached the pinnacle of it. There are things in medical science that are still going to be discovered, that will still be invented. Engineering 
vehicles that we can't even imagine exist. Technology, skill sets. God is busy birthing this through His church. And He's going to use you. I said He's going to use those that listen and want to hear. I am of the firm opinion. You understand the word says there's nothing new under the sun. We think it's new because it's an invention. This is modern. We've never seen something like this before. It already exists in heaven. How many understand that in heaven there are vehicles? Elijah was picked up by one. There's communication. There's, your name is recorded in the book of life. Yes? Do you really think there's an old man sitting with a feather quill and a you know, scroll and wrote your name? No, they have a record system. A database that we couldn't even imagine. Time travel. God is already in your future. How can he tell you what's coming? Because he's been there. Not been there, he is there. He's in your future and he's in your now and he's in both at one time. And so when you hear what's coming, it's because you know it as if though it's now. That's why faith is the substance. You getting this? The point I'm making is, there's nothing new under the sun. That means every invention, for us, it's new. Someone invented the satellite. Someone invented the rocket ship. God wants to introduce these things into the earth. This is what I was getting at. I believe He looks for a believer first. But the problem is the church wasn't listening. But he needs society to move on to get to where he needs it to be. So then he will release it to whoever will now do it. And so what happens, you land up with the ungodly getting this, and then the wealth lands up in their hands. But that time has changed. I said that has changed. Because we as a church now are equipping ourselves to hear. The next phase of technology is coming through a believer. The next phase of medical breakthroughs is coming through a believer. The next phase of banking is coming through a believer. Are you listening? Are you hearing? Uh, you may not be educated in the field, but God is moving in you and He's going to do it through you. Hallelujah. The next phase of ministry, the way church is, is happening. We're listening. We're moving. Raise your hands. Say, I'm born again. Holy Spirit, you dwell within me. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of excellence. You hear me. You hear God. I hear you. You see the plans of God. You see what's in heaven. And you're teaching me. You're teaching me. And I hear it. 
I know the future today. And I'm birthing it. I'm hearing it as a demonstration to this earth. Signs, wonders, great, mighty works of God happen daily in my life. I receive it. Your power flows in me. Holy emotions. Holy power. Glorious presence. Moving my life. I'm listening. I hear you. I receive the full power of God. The full power of God. When I speak, things happen. When I decree something, it is done. Just receive. There it is. There's power, 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 power. See, the Holy Spirit's willing to move whoever opens their heart right now. See, that's where we need to learn to just stop thinking about people around us and stop wondering, is this, you know, should we, shouldn't we? When you open your heart, the Holy Spirit will pour in. He deposits Jesus often said it, according to your faith, let it be to you.